This is the Beer and Hymns Podcast, where we look at the stories and people behind the hymns we know and love, we consider what they mean to us today, and of course, we sing. This is episode 26. This is my father's world. This is my father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my father's world, I rest me in the Of skies and seas, his hand the wonders rock. All right, yeah. welcome to episode 26 of the Beer and Hymns podcast. I am Mike Tetralt. And I'm Brian Russell. And guess what hymn we're talking about today? I'm going to guess This Is My Father's World. You guessed correctly, yes. Brian. Congratulations, you've earned a prize. What did I earn? You've earned the right to hear me talk about this hymn. All right. Congratulations. So this hymn was originally made simply as a poem. Okay. Not intended to be a song. As many. Yeah. Hymns and and songs in general have been written. They have a lot of that division of labor going on. You got the lyrics and the music and they're separate. Mm -hmm. Um, The poem was written. It's those composers that have done it. They do it. They keep finding music on pieces of paper and here and there, and they're like, I'm going to put some music to this, and it's going to be a hit. And everyone's going to love it. Yep. Yep. So the poem was written by uh, a man named Maltby Davenport Babcock. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's an amazing name. I know. Put that on your list of baby names. If, yep. If, if we have one more, he's going to be a Maltby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let Laura know so she knows what's coming down around the bend. Um, so he, uh, this poem was originally published in the book uh, called Thoughts for Everyday Living, mm. which was published after Babcock's death in okay. 1901. Okay. So it was posthumously uh, released. Um, it was just a book of his poetry. Okay. So all right. um, this was one of the poems among all the other poems that he had in that book. All right. Tell us about Malby. Yeah. So, um, well, actually, uh, one last thing about the poem. Yeah. It was originally uh, probably written much earlier than 1901. Right. It included 16 four-line stanzas. Wow. Each each one beginning with, this is my father's world. Huh. So you might notice- in That's the, the name of the song. Oh my goodness, <laughs> all these connections. Um, you might notice actually uh, in this, they kind of smushed the, the verses together. So in, in the lyrics to this is my father's world, the song- One um, verse is two stanzas. Right, they yeah. kind of smush it together mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. right, to make the melody work. Um, the tune did not come around until 1915. So that's 14 years after the book was released, um, when Franklin Shepard, who was a friend of Babcock's, adapted an English folk song to the poem. Which which melody was that? The the Babbling Babbling Brook or (laughs) uh, North Hampshire? (laughs) What is the name? Oh, the name of the tune is Terra Beata. Oh, Terra Beata, yeah. Which is Latin for Blessed Earth. (laughs) Obby. Yeah, so what he did was he took this English folk song, he, you know, combined it with the poem, and he put portions of the original text into three eight-line stanzas. Okay. So, like, he took the 16 four-liners uh-huh. and mushed them down to three eight-liners. Okay, that's yeah. fair. 
Now, Babcock, he was a minister. He was hailing, uh, he hailed from Lockport, New York, which is the county seat of Niagara County. <gasps> so he's upstate. Yeah. Just like our episode last week that referred to Elmira, New York. Yep. Uh, we're in the same neck of the woods here. Um, now, Babcock would often take walks which included a cliff overlook of Lake Ontario, mm. lovely lake, mm-hmm. um, and along the beautiful scenery uh, of upstate New York. Nice. Um, as he would ready himself to go on these walks, he would tell his wife, I'm going out to see my father's world. So again, you can see where the yeah. inspiration came yeah. from, right? Um, so Babcock was born in 1858 mm-hmm. in Syracuse, New York, okay. which also happens to be where I was born. What? Yeah, I know. I felt a connection to this song, and I couldn't tell why. Uh-huh. There it's, it is. Yeah, we were born in the same place. Yep. Um, he graduated from Syracuse University. That's not where I went. Uh, he continued his studies at Auburn Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. so all in upstate New York. He served a couple congregations, uh, one in upstate New York, uh, Lake Ontario in that area mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we just talked about, and also in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, before he took a job at Brick Presbyterian Church in New York City. That's a good name for a church. I know. Brick. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like nowadays we have these churches coming out like like Fuel Church yeah, or yeah. Renewal uh-huh, Church. And this is uh-huh. like Brick. Brick. <laughs> like, show up they to the They probably had a sweet social media account. I bet they did. Yeah. I can't Their imagine. brand was right I, nice. I bet the swag bags they hand out yeah. had a brick in it. Oh, yeah. this is so heavy. There's going to be a lot of good <laughs> stuff in it. No, I know. it's just a brick. It's just a brick. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church <laughs> that we call brick. Anyway, um, that was in New York City, and that was the final ministry job he held. Um, which, final? Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh-oh. So Babcock was multi-talented. Um, he was known for his skills as a musician. He played organ, piano, and violin, but also as an athlete. He uh, did swimming and baseball. Wow. So he's a little bit of of everything. Wow. Uh, As the hymn indicates, he was an avid outdoorsman. Another poem uh, from that book, Thoughts for Everyday Living, um, offers insight into his life philosophy. This is, again, one of his other poems. It says, we are not here to play, to dream, to drift. We have hard work to do and loads to lift. Shun not the struggle. Face it. Tis God's gift. Hmm. So he's interesting. Yeah, grab grab life by the horns. It doesn't just, sound like he he necessarily would have come to that conclusion based on his upbringing. Mm, you know, please t- tell me more about that. Well, you know, just being an athlete and a you know probably popular, probably from oh. a you know well-to-do family, mm-hmm. going to Syracuse and stuff. Like he could I have see. just had the easy life if he wanted to. The and, life and of luxury. He, yeah, and he's he's like, don't shirk from work, like. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you're writing a poem right here on the spot, I, I Brian. Am, I am. This is amazing. I love it. Wow. Um, well, so yeah, he did live life to the full, um, but he died rather young, uh, just a few months before his 42nd birthday. Ah, that's younger than me. Yeah, that's very young. Ooh. Um, so he died. It was in a hospital in Naples, Italy, after he had taken a trip to the Holy Land. Uh-huh. Um, I looked up what it was that he died from. It was something called brucellosis or brucellosis. Okay. Has something to do with, you can get it from consuming dairy that's not... Pasteurized. Yeah, exactly. It has something to do with clean stuff. So mm-hmm. anyway, so yeah. I mean, probably eating a fresh mozzarella pizza in Naples, Italy and... Yeah, on the way home it, from his trip. Uh, my stomach kind of hurts tonight. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... You got a gut full of bacteria. Say, thank the Lord for the miracle of pasteurization mm-hmm. and just antibiotics. And yeah, we have we have so many luxuries today. Yep. We don't even 
realize. All right, so verse one uses very concrete imagery to evoke a response to nature and all creation. We mm-hmm. just sang about, uh, yeah, like the, the rocks and trees, the, mm-hmm. the skies and seas. Um, the hymn is very easy to comprehend, even for young audiences. And I oh, think yeah. that makes it maybe more accessible, more accessible to people, mm-hmm. right? Earlier in your yeah, life, all ages can can relate to thoughts of rocks and trees and all that stuff. Um, verse two, which we're, we'll sing in a little bit here, it was actually an edition from 1972 by uh, one of Babcock's relatives. Excuse me, 1972. 1972, yeah. So it was Mary Babcock Crawford. Uh, uh, it was likely added, um, basically related to an increased awareness of environmental concerns, oh, which you can kind of like, okay. I think the first Earth Day was sometime in the 60s or 70s. Yep, yep. Um, Keep it clean and fair. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. So you can see like, it, it's interesting how these verses over and time. And she probably was uh, an heir to the song. So she had editorial rights. rights to yeah. It's make a good it question how uh, that works. I don't know. The copyright, yeah. So as we'll soon sing, uh, the verse contrasts creation's beauty with the wrong that we see all around us and the things that aren't going so Ooh. well. But it reminds us that God is still in control. Uh, so the kind of environmentalist influence is evident from the line uh, in verse two, he trusts us with his world to keep it clean and fair, all earth and trees, all skies and seas, all creatures everywhere. Hmm. So yeah, it's interesting to have an, an addition that's so late in the game. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah probably the newest hymn we've gone over until we hit as the deer which is are we hitting as the deer (laughs) at some point it has to happen all right i have a few fun facts for you all right first fun fact babcock as i mentioned was the minister at brick presbyterian church in new york city Mm -hmm. of course this hymn uh is in just about every hymnal in north america really yeah this is it's a very famous uh, hymn for sure babcock took over the job at Brick Presbyterian Church from a certain man named Dr. Henry Van Dyke. Now, why is that a fun fact? Hmm. Well, Dr. Van Dyke wrote the hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. Oh. And so this church had two consecutive ministers who each contributed a world-famous hymn. Wow, that's kind of cool. I know, right? Like, seriously, I feel like I'm really slacking. I have not written a world-famous hymn. What is going on, Mike? Why have you not written a hymn yet? Because <laughs> I'm a loser, Brian. It's sad. All right. I think you could do one if you wanted to. You got it in you. <laughs> I'll just work on it. I thought Joyful Joyful was like a uh, something from like Handel or Mozart yes, or something. Yes, so that's, so the, the, the tune, uh-huh. the... Uh, yeah, that music is super old. Oh, Beethoven. Yes. It was Beethoven that wrote that tune, mm-hmm. but it was Henry Van Dyke wrote the words of the, the hymn. Joy, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Fun fact number two. Howard Shore. Do you know Howard Shore? No, I do not know Howard Shore. So you might know Howard Shore because he is the composer for the Lord of the Rings films. Oh. And you, I don't know. What if does he have to do with this? Well, let me tell you, he quoted verbatim the first seven notes of this hymn for the Shire theme. All right, give me a listen to that. Here you go. Now, that's the first seven notes of uh-huh. This Is My Father's World. Uh-huh. Now, the Shire theme goes like this. Recognize uh, that yeah. Yeah. That's from Lord of the Rings. That's Lord of the Rings. The first seven notes of the Shire theme. Did he is, give, did he, I mean, it's clearly been linked back to This right. Is My Father's World. Well, did it, 
Yes, well, here's what's interesting. Uh, it makes sense that he would use it because the tune was based on an old English folk tune. Oh. So perhaps it was well-known in pubs at some point, and yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien would have approved yep. you know, using yep. English tunes. But it's unknown if that was an intentional or not quotation. Or subliminal or, or subliminal. subconscious kind right. of. But what is beyond dispute is that the melody is a carbon copy. <laughs> I mean... Like you can't. The this is my father's world took it from something else too. So that's you can't true. say that either one is right or wrong, right? right they exactly. Both did the, the, right. Took the melody from somewhere else. So if you're out there, I mean, we're really we're running out of melodies in the world. That's true. All the combinations have pretty much been used up. Actually, um, I know of a, a person who created some algorithm and stored on a hard drive every combination of like four bar or eight bar melodies. Like just so it's like billions and billions of combinations. So he can copyright them and get well, money anytime somebody the, wants to use one. <laughs> the, the point was to show how ridiculous it is to copyright a tune, right? Because you can have some overlap no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, anyway, so do you think he's listened to all of those tunes? He probably not. Said billions and billions. <laughs> I mean, it's like imagine all the notes you could possibly have at all the durations they could possibly be. Now, do they have to be? Tunes that make sense, or no. can they just be a? It's just all the random, combinations. Wow, it was a computer thing. So, but it was just to show about how tunes and copyrights are silly in some ways. Um, but in any case, if you were watching Lord of the Rings and you were like, "Hey, that sounds like this is my I'm father's have world," to rewatch it now. You totally should. Yeah, and it's totally the beginning of the song. Now, uh, last kind of fun fact: if you're familiar with Penn Gillette. He's a yeah, magician, from, magician from, yeah. from New York or from Las Vegas. Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller, yeah. Yes, exactly. Love those guys. Now, the theme song for his podcast, uh, which is called Penn's Sunday School, uh-huh. is based on this hymn. So if you ever listen to his podcast, it's based on the He does a Sunday school? Well, Penn, that's the funny thing. Penn is actually an atheist, yeah. but he has said that this was his favorite hymn growing up. Oh. So the tune of the hymn was also used uh, in Ken Burns' documentary, The National Parks. Um, really, it seems that this hymn in particular has higher than average crossover appeal, uh-huh. even to non-religious audiences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's because everyone can appreciate... Omnicultural, if you will. It's omnicultural, yes. Well, because everyone can appreciate the splendor and wonder of nature. True. You know, like you don't have to be a professing Christian to realize that there's something to all this beauty that we see. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, that's true. So in... I think it's like the psalmist says, Psalm 19, about, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul preaches in Acts 17 that creation is like the irrefutable stamp of God's handiwork uh, in the world, that there's just something that, I don't know, deserves a certain reverence. Yeah. No matter what you believe, like there's something holy about um, what God has made. And everybody can appreciate that. Everyone can appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Hence, it's crossover appeal. Well, do you want to keep singing this one? Yes, I do. All right. This is our Father's world, oh let us not forget that though the wrong is great and strong, God is the ruler yet. He trusts us with His world to keep it clean and fair. All skies and seas, all creatures everywhere. This is my Father's world. God shines in all that's fair. In rustling grass I hear Him pass. 
He speaks to me everywhere. This is my Father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is King, let heaven ring. God reigns, let earth be God, thank you for the world that you have given us, your world, the world that you um, provided for us. It's filled with beauty and majesty and splendor and uh, the creatures and uh, the lakes and the rivers and the forests and the seas. It's all so amazing. And it's your handiwork that um, we are lucky enough to be a part of. We just pray that you would help us be good stewards of it um, and that we would... uh, just take care of those around us and um, everything that you do for us we appreciate and praise you for pray all this in jesus name amen